ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the podcast. It's me, Jake, and uh, I'm very excited about this week's guest. It's uh, my friend, Ricarlo Flanagan. I worked with him at Morty's in Indianapolis, and it was such a pleasure to meet him, and I've invited him to be on my smash, my daughter's school comedy show benefit thing. You may have uh, heard, heard, seen him on Last Comic Standing. Uh, he's he's a very funny man, and he's going places, and I want to get right to this conversation because it's deep. And uh, I do, though, want to say, look, if you want to come and see me, you can do that. I'm going to be in Chicago November 5, 6, 7, both downtown and out at Zany's in Rosemont. Zany, Zany's, that's where I'm at. I'm in Milwaukee the November 27th at the Paps Theater. Uh, November 28th, I'm at Hollywood Improv. Uh, December 2 through 5, I'm in Portland, Oregon at Helium Comedy Club. December 10 through 12, I'm in Indianapolis back at Morty's. Ha, I mentioned it again in the same episode. Come out to those. Come see me in Irvine, December 17 through 20th. These dates are all 2015. If you're not in 2015, then you're in the future, and I can't wait to meet you. Um, so, Ricardo Flanagan, we had a great conversation. It kind of, he told me the story of him basically because he's a pretty impressive man. He's a gentleman and a gentleman, and he is very funny and worth checking out. But before you do that, do this. Listen to me. Talk to him. Or him talk to me. Really, it's him talking to me. I'm not talking most of the day. I, I get it. Right now, you probably, if you're listening because you're trying to get to Ricardo, you're thinking, man, this is a lot of this other dude. But uh, don't. I'm going to step back. He talks most of the time in the next thing. Although I talk a little bit. So if you like me, I'm also in that. <laughs> All right. I think you knew what you were getting into with this. I, if you didn't, what, it's episode 100 and I don't even know. It's a lot of there's a lot of these to listen to. And this is one of the good ones. I'm not going to tell you which one's the bad ones. You tell me. Or don't, please. <clears throat> no, that was a mistake. I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry I asked. Don't tell me which one of the bad ones. Just skip over to the next one. This is one of the ones that you're going to skip to. Skip to this one and enjoy yourself. Ricardo Flanagan. Here we go. My car right. just got impounded, so I've been catching a bus. Okay, your car, your car got impounded. Yeah, my car got impounded, man. I went to Chicago to, to do this club. Oh, dude, you're I'm, not. You're. Not, this is not the dream that you wanted <laughs> when you moved to California, right? No, this is not at all. This is all bad. It's, it's going bad, actually. All right, so you go to Chicago to do a gig. Yeah, yeah, man. And I park my car in this flyway in Van Nuys. And, uh, you know, that's where you're supposed to be able to leave your car. What do you mean a flyaway? It's it, like a parking lot. It's a parking lot, but the, the the catch is that you get to ride a bus to LAX. So they basically give you a ride, essentially. When none of your friends are coming through for you, you can count on the Van Nuys flyaway. And you can just park your car in the structure or leave your car with a friend, which is what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to leave my car over my friend's house. He works two jobs, okay? I was leaving on a... Wednesday night, okay? Mm -hmm. He got off work. He he texted me. He said, hey, man, what time are you coming over? I said, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I get there. I called him. No answer. I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, sometimes he has a habit of not answering his phone. So 10 minutes, though. 10 he, minutes. You, he, he, he flakes on you in 10 minutes? Flaked on me in 10 minutes. I think that's a record. That has to be a record. That's not a good friend, Ricardo, I would say. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, he fell asleep, though. So, like, it's okay. a difference. There's a di- Now, if he was awake and just looking at the phone, but, like, tossed it to the side and kept playing. What like, time of man, day? It was, like, 10 at night. All right, so it's nighttime. It's bedtime. He just got off work. He got two jobs. He's tired from work. Two, yeah, tired from work. Like, it's hard to come down hard on him. Yeah, I'm kind of giving him. That's why I didn't body slam him when I saw him. Is because when you, when you saw him when you got back from Chicago, when I got back from Chicago, so you're done, you go over there, you can't drop your car off, you got to go to the flyaway part. Yeah, you I have park to, your car. I thought right. it was there. I, I thought it was there still. Did you not park at the right flyaway, or what happened? I, I might have parked in the wrong part of the flyaway, and it was my fault essentially because I forgot to get my tags. What so do you mean? The, well, my tags were expired. And the police, apparently, they do a sweep. Mm, okay, so you didn't get you didn't get your car impounded because you parked in the flyaway, mm-hmm. but because you parked in the fly. See, I had this happen. I was at LAX. Ooh. I parked at the LAX lot, the city lot, mm. and I didn't have a license plate on my front. And I don't think you need a license plate on your front in California, but I could be wrong because they towed my car away and the only reason was because i parked in a remote part of the parking lot where mm-hmm. there wasn't someone front end right you know what i mean yeah. if someone if someone would have been up against me in the front they wouldn't have even seen that i didn't have a plate they saw i didn't have it they wrote me a ticket while i was in the municipal lot it just seems unfair it's like piling on like i'm already paying the city yeah. to park here like you're already paying the city to park here yeah. then they come in and get you for the tags it's like how many laws do you want me to obey at the same time all of them you, you, it's impossible to obey yeah. all of those laws especially when you're unaware of them cuz we have so many laws that are made that we are unaware of as far as traffic is concerned who who really like i think mainly we pay attention to the the mainstream laws, like don't kill, don't steal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't run red lights, don't speed. Uh, what about stop signs? Stop at them s- slowly, slightly, kind of roll, stop. What if people are trying to cross the street? Let them cross, don't hit them. That's a law. Yeah, well, that's how I feel it's supposed to work, too. But here we got with this little intersection right up here that we have to walk across to take my daughter to school mm-hmm. and... Uh, People love to roll through it. I mean, she's going to school when people are going to work, so they're in a hurry. They want to get to work. They're drinking their coffee and they're texting their friend and they're listening to their podcast or what they're doing. Of course, so they're busy. But, yeah. but you got to be like driving's got to be your priority when you're driving. Yeah, that's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah I'm saying that. that to all you people driving <laughs> might be listening to this, including me, because because I'm one of those people you're probably talking to. Yeah. I, don't, I don't text and drive though. I don't text and drive. I do look at things while I drive. I like. If my phone goes off, I look down and look up. Yeah, I'm a look. Down I try not to down. do that. I'm trying to discipline myself not to do that because my your instinct is to do that. Your yeah. phone dings and you think that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get on that. But yeah. I'm realizing that I'm kind of at an age right now where, mm. you know, I've got to. I, I don't feel like I'm decrepit or anything. I mean, I can go up and down stairs and do everything that needs to be done. Can you run in the bedroom? You um, can do everything in the bedroom still. That's great. That I have to do. I don't like. I mean, if once I get the green light, oh, I mean that's okay. the, that's that's where my big struggle is right now. To getting the green light. <laughs> yeah, my wife. My wife <laughs> is busy. You know, she's got <laughs> stuff to do. That once, that is an original complaint. Mm-hmm. That's a, a getting the green light. Not that. Uh, well, getting the green light, like uh, I don't know. Like it's not like you're constantly asking because I don't know. But 
you get you you're looking for the green light. That's I used it. to be constantly asking. Okay. I okay. used to be constantly asking. You okay. know, like I'm ready when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. No. Just, what's a, are you are you switching up your approach? Well, once you have a once you have a kid, you kind of got to um you got to make more plans about it. It's yeah. not it's not as spontaneous as mm. All of that, which is which is, I think, part of the problem or the Roman. I was I was listening to somebody talk about this. I'm glad that we're getting it around to my sex life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but start there. Yeah, it's a great place to start. No, well, if <laughs> I hadn't had the battery problem, I felt like you were on some good stuff right before then. But oh, let's, oh. we'll go back to that. Okay. Um, yeah, I was listening to listening to something they were talking about. Uh, you know how how once you've been married a while, your sex life can can drop off because. Mm. You know, your partner's with this person. Your partner's with your sex partner on so much other stuff. You know, your mortgage and your fam, your kid and you're getting the meals prepared and mm-hmm. making sure that the house is clean and all that other stuff. So you're working all that up stuff out. And so then when it comes time to sexy time, it's like it, it they know away. too much. Man. They know too much about you. See, that's where you, you know, Jake, you probably have been a consistent guy. You probably haven't been messing up in any of those areas. You didn't mess up on anything else you partner up with, so you lose the appeal. So you got to fuck up one time, Jake. I think you're right. Like, guys who the only thing they have going for them is the bedroom, That's it's like, look, this is what you're in it for, yeah. so let's do it. You got to make her mad so she'll, like, have sex with you angrily. Mm-hmm. They, that desire, that... To, I'm gonna tame this guy. Angry sex, straighten him up. Yeah, just to straighten you up. Sometimes some women, I don't. It doesn't work for all women. It can't. Like one thing can't work for all women. But sometimes you can just make a woman mad, and she's. I'm gonna tame him sexually. If I'm gonna stop that bad behavior with with the sex. Sometimes it works. It's a psychological thing. It's weird. It's a weird approach, but it might work. Like I would do it. I would like if uh, if I was doing good. In my relationship, which I've mm-hmm. never been married, uh, but I've been in one or two relationships. And uh, when I'm doing good, I mess it up on purpose because I feel that that keeps the chemistry, that keeps the juices flowing by me messing up some kind of way. Well, like, how do you mess up? Because I, I definitely I definitely understand the the idea, and my wife does too, that if I'm, if I'm cranky mm-hmm. or I'm not being as nice to her or or you know she's not doing something i want her to do and i'm i'm upset about it mm-hmm. she has sex with me it cools all of that out i don't care about any of those things yeah yep. right. and you both are probably is real passionate because you like oh this is where is this coming from this is nice i'm gonna take advantage but what are you talking about when you talk about i mess up, up um you know i'll do something like uh not be as nice mm. which is a good way to do it or I'll miss a birthday or something, or... Wow. That's risky. I'm, I don't think I'm ready for that level. I, I just did it with my father, which is not a, a person I would have sex with or be in a relationship with that, but I just missed my father's birthday by, by accident, though. And his anger at me, because I, I, if that was a woman, we probably would have had a lot of sex. Mm, I don't like to think about you and your dad. I've never met your dad. But. You, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm, uh, it's That's a weird what taboo. To, That's a taboo. It is. It's yeah. kind of weird. You but and your dad. I'm just saying, if it was a woman, though. Right. No, I know what you're but, saying. Yeah, but not my dad. I would never even want to translate it into that with my dad. With my dad, it would be violence, probably. He probably would hit me if mm-hmm. he was in front of me. He wasn't in front of me when I missed his birthday. So 
I was good there. I was safe. And you think he'll cool out before you see him again? Yeah, yeah. We I kind of straightened it out because you know, as a even though we have me and my father have had such a uh, peak and valley relationship, I always try to Man, keep your it. father, your stepfather. You got some yeah I'm, stories. That's what that's yeah. what the last time I saw you on stage, you were talking about that stuff. I hope yeah. that you'll talk about some of that when you do this show at my kid's school. Oh, okay. Cause, yeah, because you know it's all parents in there. Okay, and I feel like your experience is out there. Yeah, 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 dude, it, it is. It's when I think about it, I think about it almost every day because it's something that I think is. Uh, first of all, I'm happy to have made it through that because it could have been, it could have really messed me up more than it did, or also could have just been a, a person who uh, just internalized it and probably ended up a terrible guy. You know. And mm-hmm. I could have, I could have died too. I could have, you know, I could have been killed if I had a, if I had a, if I hadn't learned to let it go on some level, that I probably would have, like with my stepfather, I would have been more aggressive, and I probably would have ended up, since I was so young, you know, mm-hmm. and you going after a, a, such an older guy, you know, that can harm you on a, on a, on a higher level than you can harm him. It could have ended bad for me. Well, and he he sounded like a guy who, or sounds like, he's still around, right? Yeah, he's still, yeah, my mother's still there. They're he's still. a guy who doesn't have self-restraint. You know what? At the He was inebriated at the time the, the stabbing happened. So, you know, I don't, I think his restraint was gone just liquor-wise. Because he, okay, that whole story happens. So he stabbed you? He stabbed me, yeah. Your stepfather? Me. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he took a knife. They, those are the wounds right there. Dude, that's in your arm. You put your arm up. Yeah, I put my for the for those listening. My arm is up, and on the on the on my forearm are two long stripes. Mm-hmm. With sti- which yeah, also, man. Jake, I want you to take a look at that awful stitching that happened. Yeah, it looks like it was done by a quilter. Yeah, and they, <laughs> you know, they, they, they didn't. They use a lot of they use a lot of stitches. And it's in my hand. I don't know if you can see in my hand right there. I grabbed the blade right there. Oh. oh. Yeah, so that's that, and they also use the quilt like technique on my hand and the forearm. And but how how old were you at that time? I was uh, sixteen, going on seventeen. How old was he? Uh, probably thirty five, maybe thirty six, something like that. So this is grown man strength. This is older, mature. How old are you right now? I am thirty four. Right, so you're getting up almost to the age that he was. Can yeah. you can you imagine doing that to a sixteen year old? Yeah, I mean, no, no. You say he was drunk. He was. He was. He was. He was an alcoholic, though. And I don't know if he's shook. Shakes. I don't know if he's shaking that demon. I haven't. Is he sober now? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been. Is he with your mom? He's with my mom. I mean, still, my, still, still, mom. I don't know. If, like I talked to my mom here and there. She'll tell me some things that sound familiar, so it lets me know that it's kind of the same thing going on. There, you know. Yeah, you don't want to know too much about him, right? No, because you know it's it's just best that I don't. Because also, I mean, you know, you love your mother. You you, you never stop loving your mother, you know. But at the same time, you have to learn to let your mother go because, like, let her love. Right. Well, she's in love with a guy who fucking stabbed you, man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like. Yeah, that's like I won't be seeing you at Thanksgiving. No, 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 I won't yeah. be because I won't be seeing you anytime. I, I, it's weird too because like when I come back home, he he still has this arrogance. Like, uh, 
Like he like I owe him something. Like he he stares at me, like looks at me as if I'm supposed to come speak to him. Or you know, last time when I came, oh, you see him? I see, I saw him. I went home for my brother's graduation. I have a, a younger brother um, who was autistic, but he graduated high school. He made it through high school, mm-hmm. and uh, so I went to see my mom. <laughs> this is weird too, cause like this is some of the stuff my mom does, which is weird too, cause like my dad is like. My, my my real father, my my actual blood father. His yeah. one of his biggest issues with me is the my level of concern for my mom, which is like sounds odd to say, but he really he his he's mad at her for being with this guy that stabbed you. Is that right? He's a lot. That's one of the reasons he's mad at her. They 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 well, they got divorced, so that's that they never already, were married. Oh, they never got married. Children when they had me, seventeen mm-hmm. and nineteen. 17. 17. My mom was 17. My dad was 19 when I was born. Oh, man. Dude. Yeah. So that, that'll that never work. No matter how many people want to say it will work, it will never work. Well, yeah. I mean, not, not without some other adults, older people involved, because, yeah, yeah that's children with yeah. children raising children. I mean, exactly. that's like your big sister. Yeah, basically. Basically. Yeah, but also, you know, one thing about my mom, though, she never took the big sister route with me she always was a firm i'm your mother my authority means something my my mom is a smart lady like real smart uh real uh was real together actually for a a woman that age you know had Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of because my grandfather he had passed and he left her a house you know he left her a house in a car so she had her own house at 17 she he died. No, no. I, she was about twenty three, probably. Because he. So died when you were just a little baby, was she living with them then? Yeah, she was. All right. Yeah, but he, and he, from what people tell me, because I was little, I died. He was two. I was two when he died. Uh, and and pe- the grandmother was she around or no? No, she had died when my mother was twelve. Oh. So, the lack of female presence, I think, from that point, or her female presence, because apparently she was like real strong disciplinarian so when she died things went haywire probably so there's my mom running into which is you see this is the thing this is the reason why i'm not a more angry person i'm not an angrier person than i am because fortunately i was blessed with the ability to analyze things so i think Mm -hmm. deeply about things probably more than a person my age at that time or even now would about a situation before i react so that way, I don't do anything stupid. It's, it's a blessing to do that. Like, like it my, is. Well, man, there's a lot of people going to meditation and to trying to take <laughs> ayahuasca and all kinds of spiritual solutions to get to a place like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, but it's okay, and and I don't think it's not because it's this gift in me is i grew up a jehovah witness so mm-hmm. like the spirituality essence was there the, the, but what you what taught what taught you to take that pause do you think well you know in that religion they uh they teach meditation they teach uh like uh being slow to anger mm-hmm. so like you know i started to really listen to what i heard in that religion at an early age, because I used to remember the Bible stories. Like my mom would read me the Bible stories and stuff, and I would like, I would re- memorize them by heart. So I kind of was like a spiritual child. So, mm-hmm. um, 
but you know, you get older. I was also bad. I was also like, like real mischievous by nature. So I'm in the streets, but I'm also in the kingdom hall. So, you know, it's just living on both of those extremes. Well, now what were you, when you say you were in the streets, what were you getting up to? Man, when I was young, man, you know, I was just young. You're talking about 10, 15 earlier than that bro like you talking i start my mom had to leave me at home to go to work so i'm like six years old probably well no six you'd be in kindergarten maybe yeah okay yeah so but my, i was staying at home by myself so like, you go to kindergarten she would take you to kindergarten i well let's see so well let's see no 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 this is on summer in the summertime i was by myself right, okay, but I, see. I would go to school okay also which i messed up there now i started early with cutting school i cut school in probably first grade first grade i started mm-hmm. cutting school i missed school 62 times in the first grade my mom uh one day you wanted two times 62 man. times you know you know you know what's weird you know, <laughs> if you're going to get deep in if you just want to analyze how my path to comedy starts, didn't realize it. But as a kid, okay, I used to watch TV before I would go to school. Mm-hmm. And you remember the Carol Burnett show? Yeah. You remember at the beginning, at the, there used to be theme songs on on shows. Yeah. And at the end, there was this cartoon lady with the mop. Yeah. And she would, like, turn around or, like, do something, and then she would do this thing. It was or ear wiggle or something like that. Yeah, she used to pull her ear. That's what she used to do. Yeah, it was something something that cartoon did, mm-hmm. and I was so intrigued by that that I would stay, like I stayed a couple times to watch that cartoon part of the uh, intro, and then I made it to school. Oh, because it was on in the morning at that. Time. It was on in the morning. But it's funny because we we're pretty different ages. You know, yeah. I'm fifty five. Okay. Um, but that was a part of my childhood, that Carol Burnett show. Ah, okay. It was on at night. Then. Yeah, they, um, W-O-I-O, back in Channel 19, they used to run old shows. Mm-hmm. Older, like, old shows, like, in the generation before mine or a couple before mine, where they would run those shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I used to watch it in the summertime. So uh, my mom was at work, you know, and somehow or another it popped in my head that I could stay there. Just not go to school. I could just not go. And just watch TV. Hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And did the school didn't call your mother and tell her that, like, you, your son's not coming? I would say. Or who knows, right? You, the, they did. I think they were calling. I wouldn't answer the phone. I think they were calling. Or they'd cry and call your house. And yeah. And then the, the I think the, the Miss Tinker, who was my uh, assistant principal, one day, that phone rang, and just a guilt came over me. Because I was feeling guilty because, you know, just the spiritual side of me. You know like, you're not doing the right thing. I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something dead wrong, but enjoying it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, yeah, I'm I watching do. everything on TV, man. So I can't, you know. And like, and I was getting away with my mom. Like, I was just telling her anything I could think of. And she was like, oh, okay, that's good. So she never questioned it. And then. I don't even think my mom knows still to this day that I did that because I also got in trouble for truancy later on in high school. And I, I had cut school, but this was also due to what was going on and on in the house. And I stopped caring about school. So that's when your stepmother, stepfather got involved. Yeah. yeah. He, he married my mom when I was like 10. So oh. what was going on by the time I reached high school, like, you know, ninth, 10th grade, I'm cutting school. 
uh, with Andre and Perez. We just we doing donuts in the school parking lot, and then we going to Pizza Hut eating. You know. Well, that's what I was. That was the original question, right? Was I said what, what you were doing one thing? You said you were doing one thing in the Kingdom Hall and one thing in in the. That was, in the street, and I was like, "How old were you, and what were you getting up to?" And so now you're saying, like, later. even when you're even when you're like eight years old, ten years old, what were you getting up to in the street? What were you doing? Okay, so I would uh I would go to the corner store, man, and I'd be stealing these little debbies out of the corner store. Like I, I learned how to be a thief, which I mm-hmm. I think uh, that is in my blood though. Cause my uncle Lynn was a thief, but like a known like he he was such a thief. Uh, this is how much of a thief my uncle Lynn was. He uh, later. In his like late forties, he they put a story on the news about him kidnapping a girl and molesting her. Right, and oh my uncle God. Lynn. Yeah, they put it on the news. They put it out there that he did it. My uncle Lynn sued him, and he goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, yeah, that's not my mo. I'm a B and E guy. I break and enter. I don't molest and and rape. Anything. He I don't need do to that. draw a line like, yeah. about his own personal integrity. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He, he, yeah, I'm a criminal, but I'm not that particular type of criminal. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I won't kidnap anybody or torture them. I just steal some shit. I take. I take some stuff from you all day. I, you know, if you're not home, then yeah, I'll take a TV out of your house. But I'm not going to take any of your kids. You, you know, it's certain things I don't steal. Certain things I won't do. Okay, I'll right. take a TV. I'll take an electronic device. I can get some money for people. I don't mess with them. I don't mess with people. But he ended up winning a, a defamation lawsuit against them for that reason. Wow. So he could take a break from stealing for a little while. A little bit. He he was good for, I think, <laughs> uh, at least 10 years. So. so <laughs> and then he, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he got a small nut or he got a good settlement. He got a real good settlement. Mm-hmm. He got a, and I think he was done. He he didn't. He never went back to jail. He stayed out of jail until he, until he passed away. So you were stealing little Debbie's. That's bad, but it's not like you're not mixed up in drugs and gangs and that kind of stuff. Nah, man, you know, uh, I never was attracted to, because I saw people get shot, so, like, violence was never sexy to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, man. When you got here today, and you were talking about not being home, or being out here instead of being back where you're from, which is which is where's your where's your family live right now? In the, Cleveland, in Ohio. Cleveland, right? Cleveland, Ohio. So you were talking about shootings and everything, and little kids getting you know just caught in the stray bullet. It's not meant for them, but it get, yeah. takes them out. You know that kind of that kind of violence and shooting. I think a lot of us see it on the news, and we don't understand the the you know, what it will be like to be living in a place where that is going on and how it can affect you. And, I mean, the story that you get told all the time is that people, they it's violence is the way it is, and so people get into it. But you're saying for you it was the opposite. You saw that violence around, and you didn't want it. It wasn't, you know, it was, I've had a lot of trauma around me, like terrible emotions, you know, just like sadness, um, just especially growing up in the house with, with you know with the people who were abusive to each other and because you were with your your mom and the stepdad the whole yeah from like 10 up yeah. you know so from 10 to uh 16 mm-hmm. when i left home so like uh you know just that just knowing the after effects of it like it was, also i couldn't sell drugs because i would have nowhere to put my drugs because my mother 
be in my room so much. Like, my mom was busting my room at any given time. My mom was literally like the feds in that sense, where she will break my door down in my room while I'm asleep, while I'm not there. My mother will go through stuff. My mother, I, I bought a, uh, this is when I was trying to listen to uh, rap the first time, and I had bought this Above the Rim soundtrack, and my mom found it. She found these comic books that I had. These was things I got from the library, by the way. But I came home, and they were in the trash. And she said, don't you bring anything like this in my house again. Okay, so if I had crack or, you know, <laughs> like that wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have worked. So she was she was on the job as yeah. far as that kind of parent yeah, yeah. goes. My mom was definitely, like, especially when she became a Jehovah Witness, like, you know, it definitely, her, her uh, morals were high. On mm-hmm. some levels, and also she, my mom is one of those people who, like, she came up in the seventies, so like, she one of those uh, you ain't gonna get over on me type of people, mm-hmm. you know the revolution, the revolution. I'm a, I'm gonna be part of the revolution, yeah. and so you know, I remember when my mom watched it was this movie called House Party, which was like yeah. the coolest movie at the time, you know. Uh-huh. So I, my mom learned some is new that- lingo. House Party is uh, Will Smith, Kid and Play? Is no, that- Kid and Play, yep. Kid yeah. Will Smith was supposed to, they wanted him and Jazzy Jeff for that those parts originally. Uh-huh. But they chose Kid and Play instead, okay. the, the Huddling Brothers. But, uh, yeah, so she had watched that and learned some new lingo, and it was funny because I would be, like, when I was a teenager, you know, you go through that transition where you get tired of being quiet when your parents speak, so you're just like, I'm going to say something. I'm, I'm going to say something back. And then one day my mom, she goes, you're not going to try to play me. Don't try to play me. And I'm just like, what are you doing saying that? She got that out of, she got that out of house party? Yeah. Like, <laughs> she, she learned some lingo. Some lingo from the movie and decided to use it on me as if, you know, and I'm like, you're still not cool. Like, I'm still, I was, yeah. you're my mother, but... <laughs> Yeah, but like you say, though, she's not that much older than you. No, no, she's not. Exactly. But you don't think about it like that. Right. When no, you're she's to you, to a kid, to you, she did seem a lot older. And yeah. she is your mother, right? Yeah, so. she, yeah, she like, she did, she never was cool. She never mm-hmm. was. My mom didn't even let me have uh, uh, females call the house. Like, I couldn't, I never. Couldn't come over and visit? That's why I never, like, when I was coming up, a lot of guys would make fun of me about, Oh, we don't never see you with no chick, or you and you a virgin, blah blah. I'll be like, dude, it's not that I can't; it's that I don't have a place to make it happen. I, mm-hmm. My mom is always home. Okay. Uh, well, I thought she was at work, but no, she was at work. She but she came home later, like after work at like right, five. So, so in the evening time, you can't. You yeah, can't. I was gone. Like cause, you know, my my spot had been blown up as far as staying home all day. Like that's yeah, not yeah, gonna happen, over. especially when she got married, because her husband also was between work all the time. So. He was home. This is guy, angry stepdad. Yeah, and drunk yeah. drinker guy, alcoholic, uh, can't hold a job down. Also, was he on drugs or did, no, just he, booze? He used drugs before he became a Jehovah's Witness. He did, but then it's just alcohol from just there alcohol on. from there. Also, weirdly brilliant dude, like uh, gifted. He could draw. Really? Yeah, he could draw. Like he could draw people from memory, and like he could draft engines and stuff. But just wow. Just decided to invest all of his talent in alcohol. Well, people get down that road, and you know they don't know what they're doing. I yeah. mean, not that I want to sympathize with this guy, but no, yeah, no. But that's that's what I have done, so that's why I don't ever harm him. 
What do you mean? Because like if I ever like if he's when I go home and he says something out of the way to me, which he does, he will because he mm-hmm. has, he's also very arrogant, you know. So he'll say some things to me, and I'll just look at him. Or, like, when I came to my brother's graduation, he was like, oh, okay, so you made it out. And, like, my mother literally sitting there, oh, I didn't know he was coming. I had no clue. And you, she the one that told me. So she you, told you. She told me that my brother was graduating. Yeah, to yeah. Come so, well, she's in her own kind of working out awkward situation, obviously, right? But I see oh. a bunch of stuff just fell down. I see what you're saying. That that you kind of had to, in your mind, you had to um, figure out what caused him to be the way he is, so yeah. that so that you could just deal with him on a daily basis yeah. and kind of empathize, so you wouldn't want to f- punch him all the time. Yeah, exactly. If if because it's all, if I told my best friend this, who he has, uh, he tells me that he respects the fact that I don't like hate him or like that I was able to forgive uh, for it. And I told him, I said, well, you know, back then I realized that if I had fought him, all he would focus on was the fact that I hit him. He wouldn't focus on why yeah. I hit him. It's, it's it, every interaction with another person, right? It's what's in your mind mm-hmm. and what's in their mind. And sometimes those are such different things yeah. that uh, y- you can't. Yeah. get to a place where there's a solution. Yeah. You know? there's, there's the- and especially violence is not going to get you anywhere. No. I mean, it's just going to get you more violence. Exactly. Which will just keep the cycle going. Which uh, is that, okay, so so your mom was not a drinker. No. So she's she's complete teetotaler or? She's sober. As, I don't. That's strange, man. She's with this dude who's a complete problem and, and he's not a good provider. and Yeah. The, uh, my mom. I think saw him because you got to remember too. My mom was also broken because she was adopted. Like you know, so emotionally she's not the strongest per se. So mm-hmm. just the continuing presence in her life, I think, is what she appreciates more than anything. Now she also has my brother, who is his son, who she probably doesn't want to go through that again of having a visitation or. Like it's a, it's a, it's a deep hole, man. Like, oh, your stepfather's son, your brother, the yeah. one who graduated high school, who's yeah. autistic. That that's his guy. Yeah, that's his son. Yeah, yeah. He, he was there the day I got stabbed, which is something that is always in my head about because I remember him like seeing it and like the look on his face. He was a kid, man. He was, I mean, I don't even think he was. Hmm. Let's see, I don't even think he was four. I think he was like maybe three years old. But he was, like, jumping up and down on the bed because I was telling him to come on, you know, because I had went back over there to get him. That was my whole sole purpose was to get him and bring him over to my mother to get him or get everybody away from this drunk dude, you know. So I, I we had some words, though, you know. And so I'm like, Willie, get your stuff and let's go. And he's like, no. So he jumped. You're saying the after the hospital you went back and got him. Is that what you're talking about? No, the, before the, the, the incident happened the day my best friend's father had an aneurysm. So we had been at the hospital all day. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I came back. He they were dropping me off home. And my stepfather came stumbling down the driveway. And he walks up to the car. He goes, Y'all seen Trina? It's my mom. And I'm looking. He's like, Y'all seen Trina? And I'm like, Well, where's my mother? He ignoring me. I'm like, I'm like, hey, where's my mother? He's like, Y'all hear something? Because I showed don't hear nothing. And so I'm like, huh. He's just being that's he's talking about you? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm talking and he's not acknowledging me 
So I'm, immediately when he did that, that third time, I was like, oh, I, was like, I think I know where my mother is. So we go around the corner to uh, one of my best friends, Simeon's house. He, she was over there with his mother and his, and his father. And she had been over there a few times. They would frequently get into it. It, it wasn't anything new. Oh, she's over there to get away from him. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, telling them. Like, my mom, it's weird because, like, when they get into a fight, my mom goes into panic mode and, like, crying and you just being hysterical. You but know she left your brother there with him. That time. That time. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the times she did. The other time, she usually would take my brother. Yeah, yeah. So, but he was after. I think well, she had went shopping, and he she came back, and he had accused her of stealing money from him. <laughs> but he was drunk. <laughs> I know. This guy is just a mess. Yeah, this he guy is, is a mess. He's, yeah, and he's yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah. And he's dangerous. I mean, you know, I think, yeah, he can be. But see, the thing is with him is that if it ever got real, it's not as dangerous as he is perceived to be. Like, if he really crossed that line, I think he's already crossed it with me. And other people have. I've taken other people off of him for that. Like like my father, for instance. My father, you know, didn't wasn't happy about that, you know, and Yeah, but his son got stabbed. Exactly. So he was gonna do something, but my grandmother like had to stop him from coming back home. Because my dad was a street dude, you know, and he knew some treacherous guys. So who are still probably because my dad is 53 so he's not old at all you know what i'm saying yeah so he can still get down and so can those guys he's still friends with you know Mm -hmm. so if they really wanted to get him that's the reason why i don't worry about him or really he's not that dangerous because if the light was like you were talking about being green lit earlier yeah for something much better than this but if the light were ever green on him then you know it'd be a lot of people go it's trouble yeah Yeah. he's not he's okay he he knows better than to 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 do it again to to did line. he go to jail? No, no, I didn't press charges. Police came, I didn't press. I, 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 I was younger, I was much younger, and didn't really understand the ramifications of not pressing charges. You know, I, mm. I, I kind of, and also, you know, much, much well, younger. Who knows? Much, you know, you you make all these decisions at the time, and then, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you when you say the ramifications of not pressing charges? You mean, you mean not teaching him the lesson fully? Mm. Not. Because it wasn't that I wasn't going to be violent about it in my response mm-hmm. because that's my brother's father still. You know what I'm saying? So well, and who knows what he what he's going to learn in terms of his perception by you doing that? I mean, right? I get what you're saying now, and 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 yeah, I think you should have pressed charges absolutely. But yeah. you made a decision at the time, yeah. based on much what more of you a street knew. mentality too. Then you know, a lot of the street mentality is you know deal with the police, you know, on, on certain levels, but. I, I didn't uh, – I, I was young, man. You know, I was just young. I was 16, man. You know? Yeah, well, once you get the police involved, too, their rules are their rules, and they don't bend. Yeah, you know, exactly. they don't they don't decide that they're going to give you a break for something. They they can't. Exactly. So, also, you know, you're taking this dude away for two to three years, you know, away from which he already was <laughs> – I mean, you know, it wasn't like he was – doing the best job in the world at providing anyway. It's, it's just a mess. But who knows what he's going to come back like. Yeah, exactly. He can mm. come back even worse, ten times worse. But also he'd have been sober for three years. So who knows? He could have yeah. turned yeah. around. But, you know, my life, my life was just, like, it was really messed up. I mean, anyway, like, you know, even though I was, I was a good kid, like, you know, I just, I'm like every kid pretty much. 
Like, you know, even though I might have been ahead of my time on certain things, I still, I wasn't in the system. You know, I, I never, I had stopped stealing a long time before that happened. You know, I, I was working, actually. I was, I I worked to, to buy myself clothes. And my, my parents wouldn't give me anything. So I was like, hey, man, I got to go and do what I got to do. So, so I, did I, you move out then at 16? You got out of the yeah, house? I left home. I, I, uh, what happened was uh, after he had stabbed me, she, my mom kicked him out for like a couple of days. And one day I came home from work, and he was in there putting his clothes away. And I was like, I was floored. I was floored. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe he was in there. So I like, I like went in my room, and I was like, I was just sitting there like, I'm like, yo, she let this dude back in the house. Like, and I was just like, I, it, it, I couldn't process it. But that night we had a uh, meeting. We went to the Kingdom Hall. And uh, so we came back. A meeting. Uh, this is like, you know, a night of worship, per se. Like, people go to church. Just a church meeting. Yeah, church meeting, basically. Yeah. So we had to go to it, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses meet like three times a week. Hmm. Uh, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So this was a Thursday meeting. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we, we went to the meeting, and we come back. Here we, you know, we go with this arrogance. He didn't go. He he went. Okay. He went. We went as a family, <laughs> as a as a as a terrible, terribly glued together family. Yeah. Man. Uh, and you know, the arrogance resurfaces. You know, we he come back in. He like, I need to talk to you. You know, he coming at me like real crazy. You know, and it was also something I don't I don't think about him a lot because it, if you think about something too much, it'll It'll drive you crazy. But, like, uh, he goes, yeah, you know, do you respect me? And I looked at him. I said, no. He said, well, you need to find a place to stay. Dude, you're 16 years old. Yeah. And he got stitches in your arm before, well, from, from where he, he stabbed you. Yeah. And he asked you that, and you tell him the truth. Yeah, I told him the truth. That's I, powerful. I said, no, nah, bro, I don't. I, he said, well, you got to go. And I left. Yeah. Wow, man. I don't want to. I got all emotional when you told me that. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just kind of can't believe that a kid, like, I, I mean, I, I would have been so tempted to go, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I guess I do respect you right now, and then I got to go. Yeah. But you, yeah. you you, spoke to him, man. Yeah. You know, I, I think even at my young age, man, because I was already, I think, I was grown, you know. I I, I was I was a man almost, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I and I was tired, you know. I was tired of seeing it. I was tired yeah, of yeah. my mom crying, like the the just the at night, man. I mean, you no, know, even still to this day, like when I go to sleep, man, I dream about them. You know, I I, I dream about being around them and wishing it was better. You yeah, know? well, she's still in that tough spot, yeah. right? Yeah, still there in that neighborhood, which is going crazy right now they still there you know the day after i was on last comic stand there mm-hmm. that she saw it and like it was a moment it was like yo my mom saw me on tv you know like she sees me doing something positive right and and the next day they broke in the house and took all the tvs out next day broke in her house broke in her house their house they you know <sighs> like that they but it's because they shouldn't still they should not be there anymore 
they they, they need to get out of that neighborhood. It's, they should have left that neighborhood too, ten years ago. So it's gone way down oh, since when you awful. were a kid. It's awful, man. It's awful. It was never a good neighborhood. You could always get killed there. But she owns that house because she got it from your grandfather. So she feels like, well, I got, anywhere else is going to cost me a lot more to live, right? That, I mean, I mean, think about you know. I've always known what he was up to. When you bring that up about like her owning that house, you know. Like, I've always known that he didn't love my mother. I told him that he didn't love my mother a while ago. This is a long time before I got stabbed. Um, I said, man, you don't love my mother. You just wanted her because she had a house. And, man, if you could have saw the look on his face, like, like it was almost like I hit a nail on the head. Well, yeah, you flipped over his card, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was just like, top, 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 top. Yeah, yeah. But I was, you know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I just always. See, the thing about him with me is this. I was always in his face about my mother. Mm-hmm. I never let up, you know. And, like, for my, that's one of the things that bothers me when my father always tells me, you know, to, to let that go. And I know it's not out of his terrible character because my dad is a great man. Your you know? father tells you what? To, to let go of my mom. Like, to. to not be so worried or concerned yeah. because I don't, you know, I don't really hear from my mom. I don't really talk to her. You know, we talk here and there on the text once in a while, mm-hmm. check in on her here and there, but it's, it's not constant communication. And, uh, which I think also affects me was why like long-term relationships. I never been in one because I probably just have such a tumultuous or just like I'm, I'm used to loving a woman who doesn't reciprocate it as much. Yeah. Wow. You're aware of that though. Yeah, I've become over time. Like I wasn't at first. It was a, it was a while. I'm, I'm getting older, man. So you know, you start looking back and start picking things up. But it feels like you're on the you're you're on a path to 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 put this not behind you, but to be able to start you know in the sense that it's not part of you anymore, but to put it behind you in the sense of like now you can now now you can be who you want to be now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, and because I, I was definitely affected, man. Uh, even subconsciously, like it had a lot of effects on me, man. It, it really, mm-hmm. really, really like messed me up, you know. And I and I didn't know though, because I kept I was always Mister. Hey, I'm always laughing and smiling, you know. I'm always got the jokes. I always got the good time, you know. Being around me is fun, but it was just me acting out because I was so broken, you know. You, you were like a silly kind of fun guy, fun yeah. silly guy. I mean, oh, yeah. the that's the thing. Just to talk a little bit about you now, about when I met you and we were working together, mm-hmm. you know, well, first of all, you're a physically big man. Mm. And uh, so were you that big when you were 16, when you were dealing with this guy? Uh, and is he big? You know what? No, I was I was a little shorter and skinny. Uh-huh. And uh, he was bigger than me, but he's not a big man now. I'm much bigger. As a matter of fact, like to see the difference between us now. Is kind of alarming. Yeah, because what are you six two? I'm, I'm six three. Six three, yeah, right? Barely six three, like right on the cusp. Yeah, six three. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. I'm 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 like three hundred and twelve pounds. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, thick. Yeah, I'm thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like I'm strong too, man. Like I was, I, I, I uh, I've always. No, that's been what strong. I mean when I say thick. I mean it, yeah. it's not it's not like you. You look like a overweight. Yeah, but yeah. not. Yeah, not super fat. You look like a guy who played ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, exactly. That's because that's all I did. I played basketball, played football. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't. I snuck and played in high school because I was a Jehovah's Witness. So you know, you could. You weren't allowed to play school sports. Is that right? Yeah, 
Man. So I Man. snuck, but I snuck and played because I was good. Like, my co- the coaches saw me in gym playing basketball. I played, like, a couple games of varsity. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And uh, football, I was a uh, – they wanted me to play quarterback first, and but my arm wasn't as strong as I wanted to be. But they wanted to work me to get me there. Mm-hmm. Cause they, if, they, if I had a lifted weights and stuff like that, like mo- the way they wanted to train me and got into that shape. Like I imagine if I was in high school now with the workout technology that they have now, like I probably would have been a great athlete. You know what I'm saying? But because I, I had all natural ability. Yeah, yeah. But – when I you never, never did it. get mixed up with drugs and alcohol and that kind of stuff, and so no, nah, man, you know, I just recently started smoking weed, like since I moved here. Really? Yeah, I've smoked. Like I, I got some friends that introduced me to the medicinal stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's legal here. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, it's, yeah it's powerful too. It's uh, yeah, but I, I mean, you know what? I yeah, don't I, do. I don't abuse it though. I started back trying it a little bit. I smoked when I was, you know, in in college and in my. 20s a little and then when i started doing comedy i i didn't i didn't mess with it anymore okay. after that but i've tried it a little bit lately but i, I find it's tricky you got to just have a, a little bit because if if i have more than a little bit i get tired and i'm just i'm out of the game yeah um so uh i kind of kind of lost track of, of our conversation a little bit about your thing but i guess what i'm most curious about is that that thing that you talked about how, you know, making the other choice and not violence and being slow to anger and all of that. Yeah. Talk about how how you get to that place when you're just such a young man and how it's it's kind of a part of you now. You know what, man? I really accredit all of that to uh, growing up a Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm. and just uh, always repeatedly hearing that because – you know, when, when, when people want to indoctrinate you with something, it's, you know, it's repeated constantly, you know, just the principles of it. And, you know, that was that was constantly repeated just about character. That's, the, that's really what I picked up the most from being one of Jehovah's Witnesses is about the character. You know, not so much just the being a, a A1 Christian, you know, mm-hmm. or just like, so you don't really you're not part of Jehovah's Witness now, did no, you say? No. I, I did end up getting baptized when I was twenty one, but I, I had I was in a confused place at that time. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but um I did it because I I wanted to I be, I still do believe in God and I, I wanted to show him that I, I wanted to say thank you for carrying me through all of that because I think he was the person responsible mm-hmm. for doing that. So I I, I got baptized just merely to say I love you, not right. the, that I love the rules of man because I don't agree with them. I don't. The rules of man is their rules. Their rules. Yeah. But talk about the character. What do they tell? What do they say about character? Character is ma- mainly just being a good person, man. You know, like it, it, people get wrapped up in the sin aspect of things so much. Like you know, oh, don't fornicate. Oh, don't. You know, don't don't uh don't lust. Don't do all of these things. Don't you're mm-hmm. not supposed to play sports in school because you're not focused on Jehovah. And it's just like, well, you know what? We live in this world, okay? So if we're living this world, we have to function in this world. I don't, You know, you look at football, like all the trouble the NFL players get into. Mm-hmm. You think about having a good foundation like that and those guys having that kind of character, the game would be a lot, much, a lot more cleaner, a lot, a lot mm-hmm. better. The character of the players. Then you can honestly 
put them on that pedestal per se. And even though you're still human, they they might live up to it a little bit more than they do now. You know what I'm saying? Well, just that they're even that they would even be trying that those things would be important to them. Yeah. Not not the sin thing, but yeah. but the aspects of character like yeah. you're talking about. Exactly. And that's what I guess I wanted to to ask you just the specific aspects of character. Character. You know. Um. Just uh being love your neighbor as yourself. Right. So that's being kind to all mankind. You know. Uh. Being slow to anger. You know. Uh. Not judging people. Okay, mm-hmm. Bible says uh, only God can judge. So that means nobody judges. That's, That's a hard thing, and a lot of hard. people, a lot of people, they they kind of they get caught right away on that. Yeah, yeah you shouldn't judge. I'm judging you because you're judging. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's easy to get caught e- into easy, that. super easy. But it's also super easy to judge. Super easy to judge because it's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is, yeah. is you judge people for judging people. Yeah, you exactly. Can, you can get, you know, just this whole like back up and poli- police yourself. Yeah, you know. Well, it's a, it's a scripture in the Bible that says, uh, uh, "Before removing the straw from your brother's eye, remove the rafter from your eye." So you know, it's basically saying you. My dad always said, "Listen, boy, if you you point out the finger of somebody, it's three fingers pointing right back at you." Yeah, yeah, I heard you that know? one. So it's like, it, I think that I picked that up. I, I I definitely was, I actually went through a period in my life, especially like in high school, where I really was interested in following those rules. Like I was abstaining from sex, you know what I'm saying? Like girls would like me and I'll just ignore them, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I was just living that Puritan style life. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I think it just kind of grew me as a person. Cause I, but I also, as I got older and I started to look around the religion, I started to see how unhappy the people were, you know, and it was because the honesty was missing, you know. What do you mean the honesty? The 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 lying. Okay, being one of Jehovah's Witnesses, this is the key aspect of being one of Jehovah's Witnesses. You believe that the earth will be transformed into a paradise, okay? Mm-hmm. But you won't be there if you are a bad person. Uh-huh. If you are if you don't follow all of the rules to the letter, if if God, and that's separ- now you're talking about no sex and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. That's right. why it happens. Okay, so if I told you you could live forever on the earth with no problems, but you can't involve yourself in this activity, you're gonna do it if you really want to see it. If you believe what I'm telling you, that I can make this earth a paradise, that one day it'll happen. I'm not gonna tell you when, but one day it'll happen. This will be a paradise earth, but I'm a I'm a look back at your record when I went right before I make it a paradise. I'm gonna pull out your scroll, your whole record, your whole life. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go through it. And do they have? Is Jehovah's Witness no dancing? No, you can dance. Some of them got these rules where they talk about the paradise that's going to happen later, mm-hmm. and it's just like that doesn't sound like a very fun paradise, you know? Man, you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going to live forever listening to people sing hymns. Yeah, no, that's, no expression. That's, that's tough going. Like I, I remember reading articles, man, um, in the Watchtower and Awake and stuff, and like it would have uh, quotes from people who were a part of the organization, the the like the uh, the Bethel and um, the 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 Watchtower and Bible Tract Society and the governing body and things like that, and they would be the people who made the publications, and uh, you know they. We'll talk about, well, a Christian, the only songs a Christian should sing about is their love for God. 
It's like, yeah, okay, but God created us with all of these emotions. The, the spell that love has over people. Like, if you listen to Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass, and, like, these dudes are singing with this deep emotion about, you know, you can say on the surface it's sex, but it's the spell that love has put on them. Yeah, okay? yeah. So, it, mm-hmm. And it's a deep emotion. It's a deep feeling. Like, oh, oh, this girl, ever since I've seen her, I've just been. And it's not about some of the stuff now, which is. Yeah, hit now it's just quit. Yeah, or I'm gonna just do it or make me happy for a minute. <laughs> Trey, I just listened to a uh, song by this new dude, Trey Songs, on the way over here, and he mm-hmm. just, I'm gonna beat it up. I'm gonna beat it up. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna, you got a fatty. I'm gonna hit it. You know, it's just like, it's, that's all they say now. That's all they say. It's like now I can see that that not being in the paradise, we can deal with that. But let Marvin Gaye in the paradise. Let him sing about you know sexual healing or or. Hearing something through the grave. I mean, you know, like all these things we experience, you know, because that's the problem I had with that quote. That was one of the things. And I had all, for a while, st- stopped agreeing with a lot of the things I would hear and mm-hmm. read, mm-hmm. you know. But I didn't leave, for one, because of my mom, but also just because I was like, well, I don't have to really live by that. You can still live your life. I personally always believe you can live your life, but if you had good character, then you would be all right. In God's eyes, because I don't think God is a is a uh, is 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 a, is an oppressor like that. I don't believe that. Right? Yeah. Well, I I I'm not sure about how I think about all that thing, but I I, I definitely think you've got to set the standards for yourself, and you got to decide for yourself who you are, mm-hmm. and then you got to be true to that. And if you want to make the world a better place, you got to be a better person. Well. Think about this. Like, you know, a, pre- a person can believe in God, and there's, you know, various reasons why they would or wouldn't. But even if you believe firmly in God, right, every day you wake up, God is not here. You never see him. You never see him. Well, yeah, and that's how I feel about, like, look, if we're going to all go to some eternal afterlife paradise, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I want to go if that's where you're going. Yeah. But uh, I-, I-, I can't. I can't live, make this life miserable because of the promise of some other thing exactly. later. That's I the exact make, problem. I want this life to be good. Exactly. Not not, this, not not that I want to murder people or do terrible things. I mean, I want us all to be nice to people here. Dude, that's, that's the exact problem. That's the issue because – you can't freeze people out. And even, even the, you know, the funny thing, when you get into the religion, okay, and you say something like that, that is actually almost verbatim in harmony with what the scriptures say. But the people in the religion will tell you you're wrong because they have something they have to sell. Hmm. They, have, they have to convince you to stay here. Well, and they want to maintain their ability to tell you how to live their life. Live, yeah, right. exactly. So right. even though that's correct, that's exactly correct, I can't, I can't, I can't say that. That's why I, I feel like I can't get into this, the, this modern kind of atheist, angry atheist movement. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with a lot of the stuff that they say, but I feel like a lot of, a, a lot of religious people, it's working for them and making them, making their lives better. Yeah. It's just like, I got to just check out with that last 10, 20% where they, where they want to boss me around yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's what they want. That's stuff. it. That's really you know? all it is, is I yeah. want to control you. 
That's really all it is. I want to make sure. But when when you're not around, I'm going to try to sneak and have sex with all the women here. Well, that's the hypocrisy part. And but that's and that's that's one of the things that I don't. I, I said to my wife, look, the reason you know that I'm not going to cheat on you is is it's not because I love you, which I do love you, and mm-hmm. it's not because I value you as a person, which I do value you as a person. Is because I'm not a liar. Mm-hmm. And it's more important for me yeah. to not be a liar yeah. than to go have an orgasm with some other lady. You yeah. know? Yeah. Because it gets empty after, like, when you do it as a young man, like, you know, and I had a period of my life, um, man, when I got a job, I got a job at, uh, I was 17, I, I, I was working at a grocery store, and I met a lady, she was, a, she was in her early 20s, mid-20s, actually. And, uh, you know, I ended up having sex with her. You know, that was the first time I had ever had sex. And, like, then I started to, I understood what it meant to get it. I knew what you had to do. So I just started doing it. But then after a while, I was like, I don't really like this as much as people, like, say this is, it's fun, but at some point it just gets to be like, all right, what else is there? This is not like the movies. I thought this was just going to be a continuing, like, shot of joy. But it's, it's, it's like doing a drug. That's why I don't smoke weed too much because I, you don't get high after a certain point. You build up a resistance to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, sex is like that for me, like, where I I can get it. I know how to obtain it, right? But, like, if I do it and I don't, and nothing's behind it, I haven't felt that love sex yet. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's a nice one. That's a nice one when you feel that deep, deep connection. Never to, feel, never, to another never person. Had. I mean, I, I, it, so, but the, there's those two things. You know, I feel a deep connection, partnership with my wife, and that's all the time, whether the green light is on or not. See? You know? And so that's good. That's really what we chase. I mean, I shouldn't say all the time because we do fight sometimes, and yeah. you're just like, what the fuck? Because it's another person. Yeah, so you're exactly. going to wind up in a disagreement with them. Wouldn't you be scared if you didn't fight? Um. It just is like I think I think a lot of people think, and I thought that it was going to be less than it actually is, less kind of fights and disagreements. Yeah. But what happens when you have a relationship with somebody? To me, my, this is my opinion or my interpretation of it, but I've been around for a while. Is you know at the beginning you find so many things that you really like and you have in common with them. And then there's so many things you don't know about them because it takes a long time to learn everything about a person. And you never really know everything about a person. Absolutely. But all of those things that you didn't know because you found so many good things that you do know, Mm -hmm. you fill in all the blanks with the most optimistic, positive scenario. And then you sort of constantly being surprised. I mean, every time something doesn't, you're not in agreement. Yeah. It, it turns out to be a surprise, yeah. and everything that that turns out to be great, yeah. you almost take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it it's tricky as you get more as you get to know a person more, yeah. you get to know more and more that they're not this dream person yeah. that you thought. Mm-hmm. But the, but but you, the reality is that that's that's the only thing that can happen because your natural instinct is to fill in the best things, ah. and so. As you find out those other things, I think a lot of times people's instinct, especially early on, is yeah. like, well, you're not what I thought you were. Mm. I'm breaking up. Mm. But, you know, look, you, I don't know what the percentage of overlap you're going to get with a person is. Yeah. But 
you're always going to have 20% to even 50%. You're talking about it's I'm a man and she's a woman, so she wants to do things that are not as interesting to me. Or I'm this kind of person, she's that kind of person. So she wants to go to this kind of restaurant, she can do that with her girlfriends. And then when we go out together, we're going to find things that we both like. And then obviously there's things that I like to do. You know, she... I'm not a big sports guy, but I like to watch sports sometimes. She doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah, yeah, when you got yeah. here, we were talking about Narcos, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. TV show. Well, my yeah. wife and I are always trying to watch the shows that we both like. And yeah. She liked Peaky Blinders. We both like Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you ever watched that. No, no. Yeah, I'm, check that on Netflix, man. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And so we both like that, but she's out on Narcos. But that's all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah you know what? A lot of people like a... When you talk about like how men and women differ, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll talk about narcos with excitement because it's, I just know that it's a thing that happened in the past. But then some people will be disgusted by it. It's like, oh, he was selling all those drugs. He made all that money. Oh, that's disgusting. It's like, yeah, I guess, but it's not like I, it won't stop me from watching the show. But some people, well, that will stop them from watching it because of their yeah. internal disgust. So it's just people are so different. You know what I mean? The way they digest things. Well, it's some of those crime shows. Some of the crime shows. You know, if something happens to it. A kid, little yeah. kids, or people are getting kidnapped or tortured. I, I, I just got too much. I, I, I get. I, I put myself in the position of the of the victim and yeah. just imagine. I just can't get into like. No, I'm supposed to be pretending I'm the cop solving the problem. I just feel like, look, I, I don't like what this bad guy is doing. And I mean, I definitely want to catch him, but I don't. I'm out. I'm I, out. Yeah, kid. I, yeah, I, I'm the same way with kids, man. I, you know, because kids are such innocent souls. Like. Uh, like I've been around more babies than I've been around a long time recently, and like seeing that uh, they don't know, you know, they just they're innocent though. They walk over to anything, they get in it because they're discovering, right? So for you to be that much of a monster to take advantage of that pure innocence like that, oh yeah, yeah, you you should feel some. To me, you should feel some pain. Yeah, you should yeah. feel a long well. group of torture, I think. But you know, as far as drugs go, I'm not as as uh disgusted by that as some people are because also i grew up in that environment so and i see i saw the effects of it firsthand because i remember when crack came into my neighborhood i remember it but like uh i know why i know why it exists i know why people do it so is it why do you think people do do that kind of drug where I'm from, r- real people who do it, which you you never find out about those people because they don't advertise it, right? But the reason why is because they feel they don't have another choice. They either came home from jail and they had a felony and they were discouraged by that and nobody was in their corner to tell them, hey, uh, don't let this felony get in the way of you overcoming it because there are many people who have overcame obstacles worse than this and are flourishing. So you need to keep your eyes on the prize. It's not going to be instantaneous. You're going to miss a few beautiful women. You're going to miss a few beautiful cars. You're going to miss uh, dressing. Oh, so we, you're talking about why they do it in terms of why they get into selling it. And this, That's yeah, why. The, yeah. that's the complete reason why it's a successful business is because the people who have it, the product, and you're talking about Colombians and you mm-hmm. know, people overseas, the reason they can, and they knew this, and that's the reason why it happened. Because they knew they needed to reach out to people who didn't have anything and show them that they can get something real quick, okay? It's nothing worse. Well, right. So for, for dealers, it's a, it's an instant Amway instant success yeah, type of thing. Like you're a, you're, you're a multi-level marketing 
Yeah. It's going to take off. Well, imagine imagine being a person and walking into a room, okay, with people who are affluent. And you're not. But you feel so out of place. And you feel, why are these people looking at me like this? You know, I, oh, why, why am I... Am I disgusting now? Some, some, some of those people are looking at you like, what is this peasant doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling that leaves something with some people that they never let go of, which is that feeling of, oh, so I'm beneath you, but I can become rich and not be beneath you anymore. Yeah, they're trying to get under out from under some feeling that some moron put on them. Exactly, and they, they just they take it with them and they introduce it because it's such, it becomes a passion. It becomes a, I, I, you, I can get you out of this. I can get me out of this, you know. But, okay, like I know particular couple stories. Like one story in particular that stands out to me is a guy named, uh, what they call Big Meech, right? Now, this dude dropped out of school in like the eighth grade and ended up being the biggest drug dealer ever, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So this, that means that he has intellect. He has a powerful. Yeah, you, you mind. gotta you gotta know what you're doing. You gotta be kind of s- smart to be able to get that to go. To, I mean, you think about the way business is motivated. Going. Work your to do list. Yeah, break to, your problem down into here, small pieces. Recruit help. Yeah, huge organization. Yeah. Right. Also dealing with Colombians, dealing with you know people from different. So that's global business. You mm-hmm. globalization. This is in the '80s. He was doing this, right? Mm-hmm. So, but if you break, if you take all that away and bring it back to the beginning. Nobody cultivated his intellect. Nobody was strong enough because that's really what it takes with children and people who get into crime. It's a person who's strong enough who's not afraid of them. See, kids get over because people fear them. I don't want that kid to flip out on me. Oh, you put your hands on your chi- on that kid. How could how could you do that? Well, that kid had to learn, and nobody's willing to teach those children because it's the difference between abuse and discipline. See mm-hmm. and People have blurred the lines of discipline and abuse now. So they, if you discipline a child, period, they label it abuse. So your hands are tied. So more children are free to reign. So you're saying with this with this character that you were just talking about, yeah, um, that if he had gotten some guidance younger, he could have channeled his abilities. Mm-hmm. A guy, a person. All it takes is a person to see the, the 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 disease of drugs. Success at drugs is oh, I got all this money. Well, let me look out for my family. So now I'm buying my family extravagant clothes, extravagant cars. Mm-hmm. They're tasting life that they probably wouldn't have otherwise tasted. So they're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to look the other way when you sell drugs, when you just bought me a fur coat. Mm-hmm. You know, you just bought me a, a, a brand new pair of Roberto Cavalli shoes. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so let's go. Let's go back and kind of. I, I get, we've been talking for a while, but I would love to know just from. I, I mentioned earlier, so I met you. You're a big guy, mm-hmm. and you 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 were really quiet. You know, obviously we're working in a comedy club. You're the other comedian, so I know you're going to be funny because it's also at this place where I really like the people that they yeah. book. You yeah, know, Mortis, yeah, Mortis. yeah, And so then I see you go on stage, and your act is sort of it's gentle and thoughtful. And you, you, you got. It's really smart. I mean, I just uh, really enjoyed watching you that week, and I really oh, enjoyed you, the last time I saw you. I'm glad you're going to be doing this uh, benefit show. Uh, absolutely, but, man. Look forward but to it. how? 
And and you have the, you had a day job at that time, right? I did. I still yeah, I did. And I, what were you doing at then? Customer service. I was working at a cable company, uh, right. Time Warner, actually. And yeah. so, talk about how you went from sixteen years old, moving out after this terrible thing happened. Just, I mean, not. You don't have to go into big detail, but how do you make that transition from you're this kid, you're taking care of yourself, you're getting out of there, yeah. and now you're a grown man, you're doing comedy, you got a job, you got your shit together. Mm. Um, how did you do that, man? Uh, well, it wasn't easy. Uh, it, was a, it was a hard road. When I left home, I ended up uh, working for, I stayed with the lady who uh, managed the restaurant that I was that who owned, I'm sorry, the restaurant that I was working at and ended up managing, okay? So she saw a window where, thought, yeah, I could let this kid stay with me. I could I could uh, use this. This guy could work for me endlessly because I have him with me. Like, he lives with me. So mm-hmm. it's work all the time. So now I got a guy who could be my underboss, but I'm not going to pay him like that. So... I dealt with that for a couple of years, you know what I'm saying? It's, oh, you got to, you had to figure out that she was taking advantage of you. Yeah, absolutely. A bit. It was an agenda. Well, she was helping you, but helping me, but not rewarding you as much as you should have been rewarded. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, had an agenda, um, but is a you know is a is a decent person, but unfortunately, uh, you know, sometimes greed gets in the way. Right? Yeah, of well, yeah. And, it's a natural. Yeah, it's natural. It's a, it's, it's going to happen. And uh, so, were you going to high school at that time? Yeah, I, I finished high school a year late because mm-hmm. I wasn't even really like focused on school. Uh, but I, I had to do it. I, as a matter of fact, my dad was going crazy because, like, he wanted me to graduate high school, you know, and I had lied to him and told him that I was going to make it that year. So you talk about your dad being – was he has he been present this whole time of your – My dad uh, – my dad has always been present in some fashion. At the beginning, it was more kind of like Charlie's Angels, like, you know how they talk through the box. They talk uh-huh. through, It was kind of like that at the beginning. And then when I when I went to visit him, he tried to get custody of me when I was twelve. So because he wanted to, you know, teach me how to be a man. And what does he do? He, my dad is retired from the Coast Guards. He mm-hmm. was a uh, a chief in the Coast Guard. Um, he retired. He, he did thirty years in the Coast Guard. So real job, real yeah. real, yeah, stand up dude. Right. My, my dad is sharp, man. My dad, uh, he was uh, one of the first few. He was the, one of the first black students to be chosen for an aviation program and, and when he was little. He was Hell like, yeah? Yeah, he was, he fixed, and that's what he did in the in the Coast Guard. He was, uh, he fixed helicopters and planes and stuff. So, real, like, also weird because he was, man, he was a street dude, bro. Like, that dude was like, he ran with some, with some treacherous cats, man. Like, uh, yeah. he and Violent. He, yeah, he was into some shit. Like <laughs> he, I mean, you know, and like I don't even. I'm gonna do it one day when I um have the money and resources because I want to make films later on in my life. But like, I want to. I'm yeah. gonna research my dad. I want to see that. Yeah, like I want to know like all everything. Like they call my dad Meat. Meat. Yeah, because he was so pink. My dad is red. My dad looks like uh, you know, Terrence Howard is. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like him. Like like, but like uh, like he was a. Uh, He's like a meaner version of him, like shorter, a little shorter. Um, yeah, he was just so because my my I have Irish in my family. Like my grandfather uh-huh. was Irish, so like he he was real light skinned. Something my dad I think is still angry about to this day because he got so, teased so much for being for like, being light skinned. Yeah, so basically they treated him as if he was white, you know, which he was half. But 
Dude. Well, <laughs> man. You just, it's not easy to be black, even if you're black. Even if you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, he, he's getting ostracized yeah. by, oh, man. For being light, a lighter black. Like you have, even like you're not gonna win if you're dark or if you're light. You're just not gonna win with other people and the same people. You know, it's, yeah, it's just it's just a challenge either way. But my dad, who was definitely present, he he wanted he wanted more of a presence. But I think my mom was just kind of like, I got a man now, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. put this man in front of you. you. You know, the first time my father met my stepfather, my my mom's husband, he slammed the door in his face. The very first time they who met. slammed the door? My my father. He had came into town on leave, okay? It was weird. My uncle was sitting behind. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was, I was, this was before they got married, so I was about nine years mm-hmm. old. So he was there, and I come in. He looked down at me like, what's up, boy? He's like, go on in there and play with them toys. So I go in there and play with the toys. Who's saying that? That's my your father. stepfather. Your That's father. my father. When I walked, they, they, we walked up to the apartments where my grandmother lived, right? My father was there to visit her. He was on leave. Uh-huh. Guard, oh, right? and so there's toys there for you to play. There's toys, yeah, because, you know, they had kids. Like, all my uh, uncles, all my uh, my aunts and my mm-hmm. uncle, they had kids young, all of them. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother was a grandmother when she was probably, like, late 30s. Mm-hmm. So she never let us call her grandma. She We called her Mickmo instead mm-hmm. of grandma because, I know, you don't be calling me grandma, I know. You know, so that was her <laughs> whole thing. So uh, we went. I went over to Mickmo's house. She dropped her over there. Dropped me over there, and I walk. I open the door. My father looks at me. He's like, "What's up, boy?" He grabbed my head. You know, he's like, "Hey, go on in there and play with the toys." You know, so I go in there. I play with the toys, and he look up, and my mother's standing there with with her future husband. So, my father like, "Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? How you doing?" So he reaches his hand out, and Mike is nervous. Now, my dad is a is a mean looking dude, <laughs> so a naturally nervous person is gonna. Say, hey, hey, how you doing, man? You know, he's like, hey, man, we're going to have to talk about Ricky one day. That's This, this is what my stepfather said. Mm-hmm. He looked at him, said, talk about Ricky. I'm going to use a bad word here This because this is what he said. I'm just quoting what he said. He goes, talk about Ricky? Nigga, that's my son. We ain't got shit to talk about. And he slams the door right in his face. Right in his face. Right in his face. <laughs> wow. I remember it like it was yesterday. Wow. And I was like, and years later, I put that piece together because I'm like, oh. That's what. That's what it kind of is. Like he angry. Like it was a couple. He had a couple incidents with my father. Mm-hmm. My father was like, because he threatened me one time. My father called there, and uh, Wait, who I don't know if I should say this. Who threatened? Who? Well, yeah, maybe you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, know yeah, if I don't want to. I don't want to get. These are real people, and they might listen. And yeah. they, you know, you yeah. know, you but know. Just, well, it had something to do with my uh, my mom's husband tried to flex his "I'm the man of the house" muscle. And your dad was not having it. No, because he wanted to talk to me when he called, because he mm-hmm. wasn't worried about my mother anymore. So yeah, you know he. And so my mom, you know, well, my husband don't want you calling here no more. And you know, he said, okay, we'll put him on the phone. And you know, <laughs> well, you got man's got to be able to talk to his son if he wants to. But it sounds like so. Your father was busy. He was his job took him out of the house. So yeah, for him to have you, that wasn't really a possibility because he's on a ship or something yeah yeah he uh he he left for the coast guards when i was two mm. because uh he told me straight out like we i'd never lived with my dad until i was about 26 years old so when when i moved in with him um we we had it out we lived together for about two years so we pretty much put a lot of everything on the table and he was mad at me for a lot of things 
I know I was mad at him, but like I never really expressed it because I was just like, hey, I was living my life. I I couldn't, I I didn't know I could reach out to you like that. And well, when, you're a kid, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're a kid. You don't know. I didn't know. But you must have felt like, yeah, where are you? Where were you? I did. You you should have been there for me. There were times where I really missed him. Like I had to really. I taught myself how to drive, man. I taught myself how to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I did a lot of shit on my own, man. That that I he should have taught me. You know, especially just some some intricate details of being a man. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. how to talk to women. How to he he didn't teach me those things. You know. Well, my father didn't teach me that. Yeah. See. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you know? See. And he was there. So that's like. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. It, it, some things you just miss. You got to figure some stuff up. But out also, on your own. yeah. But you you saw him. You saw him. So you kind of you figured it out. But some of his influence was there even subconsciously because. Oh man. I, yeah. I, I I see it with my daughter who's not even right. She's female. Yeah. To have your father around is is a big deal. Yeah, it, it it's means a big something. deal. You can't get everything from one person, and even your stepfather, if he wasn't so completely flawed, it's still you need your real father. But your stepfather's so flawed that yeah, you, you you got him. He's subtracting shit. Yeah, he he was just not interested. I think in de- like dealing with me on some levels. Like he definitely made an effort, but I think he he fell short because he just uh, wasn't prepared to give up certain things in his life in order to focus on that, you know, like, and also wasn't an easy kid. Like, you know, remember I'm a, he had to get to the point of almost being willing to assault me to, you know, get through to me, I guess, you know, because I wasn't scared of him because I, I really didn't fear anybody. Though. Yeah. But that's not the way you, no, that's no, not no. the way you relate to a child. No, it's no, like, no. that's not the way you get them to listen to you. No. Like, because you're scared of me, that's why you got to listen to me. Yeah. What kind of person are you putting out in the world then? Like somebody who's like, "Well, I don't have to listen to you because I'm not scared of you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. It's like, no, you should listen to me because maybe I got something to to say. Yeah. Well, you, you know, usually people with good character don't have that trouble. You know, like if if you may have been treating my mother better. I probably would have been more inclined to listen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if he I didn't hear have you, any credibility. He no, exactly. Any credibility. Everything you saying, I'm throwing out. Mm-hmm. When, it, 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 you can't tell me what to do. When the other day I just heard you tell my mom that you shouldn't help her with her bills because your name's not on the house. So when did you start doing stand up then? I didn't do stand up till I moved to Michigan uh, in 2007. So how old were you then? I was uh, 27. 27. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah, twenty twenty six. I'm sorry, twenty six. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it something you always wanted to do? No, I used to be. A, man, I used to want to rap, man. I was. I thought I was going to be the best rapper in the world, man. Right. I feel like that's one of those things that is not part of my generation, but yeah, that's, that's like every, that's everybody thought that's what they wanted to do, right? Everybody, man, include me. And I actually, I like, I got into it, but I sacrificed it. I almost got a record deal actually, um, right before my dad moved to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he called me up and offered me to move in with him to finish college because he he didn't know what I was gonna do with my life and that was something that had always troubled him, you know. Because I, at the time, I really wasn't winning in his eyes, you know. I I hadn't I finished school a year late. I hadn't even thought about college, you know. Mm-hmm. I was working at this restaurant. Every time he saw me when he came home, I was like, oh, way overweight, you know. Just didn't it just didn't look it looked grim and it was grim. My life was completely like. Like I was really trying to find my way out, you know. I, mm-hmm. I, I was I had found 
and I had actually discovered that I was an artist um, in the fifth grade. I was right. I had a teacher named Miss Constantinidis. She had uh, made us write these like stories. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a short story. She pulled me in the hallway, and she goes, "She goes, wow, this is really good, Ricardo." She's like, Did you, "Have you ever thought about, uh, you know, continuing this, like to become a writer or you know, write books?" And I was like, "No." And then when she said that, it's like, I was like, oh, I can write. Mm-hmm. So, and then worded, she had told other students, so other kids were coming to me to ask me to write them stories. So I was writing stories for these <laughs> girls and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, you're helping other people yeah, do but, their homework. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> like one, That was one of the two things. The other thing uh, is I was arguing with this teacher. I was getting in trouble, and uh she said something, and I broke down the technicality, and she goes, you should be a lawyer. Because I, I was fighting her tooth and nail about mm-hmm. it, and I guess, and that, so I was like, oh, I can be something. Because mm-hmm. I never thought, like, all I thought I could ever be was a Jehovah's Witness, you know? Right. So all I ever thought I could be. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was trying to make it, like, I, but when, it was weird, too, because, like, when I rapped, the reason I kept at it, was when I did, because I would suck in certain scenarios. Like, certain when it was time to rap, like in the lunchroom in school and everybody was standing around, I blew it. Like, Pressure time. Yeah, I sucked. I was awful. Mm-hmm. But when I actually did sit down and when I learned how to actually write a rap, like write a verse mm-hmm. and, and get proficient at the craft of it, and I would rap for people, and they would just be looking at me like, like or if I play a yeah. song... And the reaction in the, the <laughs> this is how you know you're good at making music. If a person, if you play a person your song, and the first reaction is that's you, you you good at making music. <laughs> that's their. <laughs> uh, that's you. you they, I didn't think you could do that. Huh. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a. It's never a. Hey, that was great. That's a lie. If a person is, oh, hey man, that was awesome, man. That was great. That was great. They didn't really like it. But if they sit there and go, that was you. Hmm. 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 <laughs> hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. you knew you can do something with it. So I tried to do something with it and it almost worked for me, but I did kind of realize that I needed to get out of that environment. So when my dad came with that offer, my conscience immediately bothered me. Like, do it. Do it. Get out of here. Do it. What offer? To li- come live with him. My dad moved to Michigan. Oh, I see. Station yeah. In Michigan. yeah, I got you now. And uh I had I had a mild stroke in the summer of 06, so I wasn't, like, in the best shape. A stroke? Yeah, yeah. It was mild, though. It was a mild stroke. Like, because I had, I had been outside all day in the heat, changing the tire, and I also was overweight. So, like, the combination of the two, like, my left side started hurting real bad, bro. Like, real bad. Like, I couldn't even take it. Like, I was sitting in the house watching TV, and it just started going, bow, bow. Like, it was pounding, right? Like, and I was just like, what the hell is going on? So, I went to, it was basically getting to my heart. So mm-hmm. if I hadn't uh, got up and went to the hospital and they hadn't uh, cooled me off and calmed me down, then I'd have probably stroked out that night. You Dude, you got to take care of yourself. I do. I am. I, you know, and right now, I'm. Uh, I did slip back in because I had got in great shape actually. Like after that, when I moved in with my dad, he basically like enrolled me in the military. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> I remember uh, just him every day. Just my dad, man, my man. My dad, man, is a good dude, man. You he know, sounds like a good dude. He he 
uh, and, and you know, I, that's why I feel bad for. That's why I, I made it right with him when I missed his birthday because. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, when we when we finally talked, cause he hadn't he he stopped taking my calls. And really, yeah, because I because I missed his birthday, he was mad at me. He was mad at me. He was mad at me. And he gets mad at me easy. It's, it's a couple scenarios where mm-hmm. he's got mad at me. And won't talk to me because my dad is. He gets angry, man. He gets angry. He's know? a tough guy with a tender heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, he, he was mad, mm-hmm. and um, so I finally called him. I finally got him to pick the phone up because what I did was, and this was calculated because I called my grandmother, and I told, I said, well, you know, dad mad at me because I miss her. She said, oh yeah, you know, men are hard on boys than they are on the girls, so you know, just make sure you call him. Make sure you, you tell him you. Get him a card or something, you know. Just. So, I just kept calling. Mm-hmm. I left him a message. I hey man, you know I love you, man. I I hope we can talk soon. Blah blah. And eventually he answered the phone, you know. And uh, we we hashed it out. He said, "You don't miss my fucking birthday, boy." I'm, I mean, you know, I know I wasn't the best father. I know, I know. But look, I took a thousand dollars out of my pocket. I sent it to you when you moved out there because you're trying. And that's what I'm, I'm proud of you for trying. I, you don't miss my birthday. So, and I was wrong, you know, and I told him, I said, Hey man, you know, look, you, you ain't never, you always been number one to me, man. Always. You, you know, my dad, man, was always like a celebrity to me, man. Like, cause I didn't see him, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. So like when I was seeing him, man, uh, you know, I was poor, man. I, my mom didn't really get me, you know, cool clothes and shoes and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I was always, you know, made fun of. So it was like a hard walk for me. Even my friends would always make fun of me, you know. Uh, when I saw him, he was sharp, man. He was always sharp. You know, had a nice car. Uh, gray haircut, man. Uh, expensive clothes, watch, you know. Shoes. Mm-hmm. Good looking dude, you know what I mean? And I'll be always like, yo, I'm going to be that. Yeah, it sounds good. You know, like when 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 kids would make fun of me in school, I'd be like, "Sorry, because you don't know what I'm gonna be. You know, you don't know where I come from. I bet you if you saw my dad, my dad lived in Puerto Rico. You know what I'm saying? Like when 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 I went to visit my father in Puerto Rico, that opened my eyes to. I was like, oh, like because you know I, when you're in the hood, you like, yo, this is it. This is everything. This, you know, the suburbs is is the is the is great escape. Yeah, well, when you're a kid, you don't know anything except what you know. Yeah. And then you think everything else is not as good as that. Exactly. And you think, oh, well, you go uh, about an hour and a half up the street, then, you know, that's the suburb. That's that's the good life. Mm. And you go to Puerto Rico, and you see blue water, and you can see fish swimming in it. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, the suburbs ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) The suburbs don't mean anything. It's actually a beautiful paradise. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, my dad, he just always was like a a hope, a beacon of hope. Mm -hmm. Even though at times I got mad at him, I didn't listen to him, you know, uh, and I didn't believe in the way he was approaching me. It was because he really just wanted me to, he knew, he told me. He said, man, you know, ever since you was little, boy, like, you always had something. You was always sharp, boy. Like, you used to never got in trouble. You was a good kid. You never cried when you was a baby. You ain't cry for shit. He was like, you used to cry when you was hungry. That's it. You ain't never cry. And I was just like, I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, 
He's like, but you, you just, you, you always had it, man. That's why I was always on you, you know. So it's like my dad is, is my hero. You know what I'm saying? Like he, mm-hmm. I look up to him more than anybody. You know what I'm saying? To today, I can when he told me he was proud of me when I got on TV, and I was like, yo, that's wild. Like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that's like a, I made my dad proud of something because he was never really like proud of my efforts. You know, like even if I was. When I got on the radio with a song, he'd be like, okay, was you getting paid? And then i say, no. Nah, yeah, well, that's your dad. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how they want to know. <laughs> but he, but a great dude who just was, you know, he his standards are, are high, and he also just doesn't accept any and everything. So he, his big problem with me is just I always look out for my mother because love is unconditional, right? So I'm always going to make sure she's okay, but – it's not going to go overboard. Like I'm not going to do things that, that aren't deserving because she has to, I can't buy her extravagant gifts and then see her give it to her husband. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you can't do things that are going to deplete yourself either. You know, that's what he wants me to understand. And I do, but it's just a matter of, I can't ever, I can never turn my back on my mom completely. I'll right. never be able to do that. And you just have to accept that because that's my mother, you know, and you just, I always look out for her on some level. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's me there or if I have eyes on her, you know, then I'm just going to always do that because it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. And I care about her. You know, I, I, I remember the, I remember my mom used, my mom taught me how to read. When I went to school, I was reading three grade levels above where I was at. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom. Wow. You know what I mean? Like my mom yeah. was like, my mom. If she just when she when she got home from work while you were cutting school, yeah, she, she, <laughs> she taught you to read. <laughs> which, yeah, which, no, you know what? She probably made me too smart early, and that's and then I yeah. Was, so school was boring, and yeah. you just thought, well, what am I? I yeah. need to go. I can deduce because I I I can I knew how to deduce things mm-hmm. early, so yeah. I deduced that. I don't need to go to school because I can stay here and watch TV. But I paid for that though. That came back to me, you know. And, and I had because I graduated school a year late, so that same struggle, the the same. I think that same. I think I want to say is is a little bit of arrogance because like I had in high school, I had a teacher. Uh, he was a football coach. I can't remember his name. Real big dude, you know, and I used to pass his test. I would, I'd be in the back talking mm-hmm. the whole class, but I used to get B's on his test. And so he thought I was cheating. And so he made me take a test, the next test, by myself. Like he sat me in the, his desk was like at the front. I had to sit behind him on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I got an A on that test. And he goes, huh. hey, Carlo, you know, I look at you, I think of what could have been, you know, what could have been. But you just too busy goofing off. And, like, I passed his class, but when I see him in the hallway, he just look at me and shake his head. So it was like mm-hmm. he was telling me, like, yo, you you just fucking up, man. You know? You, it's hard to see a guy like that. He he must have been frustrated and he didn't know how to yeah. get it into your head that, like, look, yeah. you could be somebody yeah. if you just – 
instead of doing what you're doing, you do it just a little bit differently. Yeah, but you know, I'm a I'm an idiot kid. I'm in I'm in high school. Like sh- I'm making the girls laugh at what I say. You know, this yeah. is bigger than me knowing your history class. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. High school, you're not as smart as you think. No. Did God, you go no. to college? Yeah, yeah. I went to I, 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 but I went late though. I went uh, I went when I was 26. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I graduated. What'd you get your degree in? Uh, business management. Nice. Yeah. Nice. My dad, my dad, uh, was way happier than he let on about that. Like he, uh, he, the, the day of our graduation, he got mad at me because I didn't introduce him to this lady. Uh, that he thought was cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was married though. And she was. She was she was gorgeous actually. She but she was married, so there was no point. Next time I'm working in Cleveland, I gotta get you to get your dad to come to the show so I can meet him. Yeah, he well yeah, he lives in Puerto Rico though. Oh now so. I can't now well I'm not getting to Puerto Rico again for a while. Really? I did have a I had a private gig down there. I don't even think I could have invited him, but Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he would love to come. He loves comedy, man. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you should yeah. Yeah, you should get him. I, 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 you know what? I'm gonna tell him to fly to Cleveland next time you're in Cleveland. Just, just, just. Maybe so. if it's during a holiday or something, I'll. I'll yeah, he'll, he'll come to Cleveland. My grandmother's still there, so he'll come down. There. Yeah. yeah, man, he sounds like a great guy. Good dude. Um, well, I get, we, we've been talking a long time, and I, I want to talk to you. Why, why don't you come back sometime, and we can talk about some more about what you're up to lately. Okay. But uh, if people want to check out your comedy. Where do they go? Uh, they can type my name in YouTube, Ricardo Flanagan. Um, R I C A R L O L O, not the D O L O instead of the D. Uh-huh. Uh, Flanagan, F L A N A G A N, the unconventional spelling of it. Um, uh, let's see. I'm working on my website right now, RicardoBeFunny.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Father Flanagan. Um, I'm working on trying to get out there, more of a presence out there now. I have like. A manager now, so hopefully I can do something more. But yeah. I still got a day job, so I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm knocking on the door of comedy. Just got to open it up. You know well, I mean? used to say to everybody, I mean, you keep your day job as long as you can because you're you're much happier yeah. having money to be able to enjoy your life yeah. than you're going to be taking gigs that are going to make you miserable <laughs> that that are not going to improve your act. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, those terrible, terrible bar rooms where you're just going out there to get the money and it's not nobody's happy about it the guy made a mistake booking comedy in the first place the audience is there just to drink and talk to their friends so they're mad that you keep telling them to shut up you're miserable because they won't shut up yeah 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 Yeah, i'm actually doing one of those tonight oh well good (laughs) (laughs) for money (laughs) yeah all right i need to get a new car so i gotta uh Mm-hmm. This guy messaged me on Facebook to do his girlfriend's birthday party. I know this is going to be a disaster. Yeah, well, do you have an Instagram? Because I can't wait to see that picture. Oh, at Father Flanagan on Instagram as well. F-L-A-N-A-G-N instead of the other spelling because somebody else took my Man, name. it's complicated to be you. It is, man. Post it on Twitter then, too. Twitter, yeah. I'm going to post it on Twitter. And so, everybody, you're listening to this. That already happened. Yeah. Um. Also, you were on Last Comic Standing? I was. Season 9, I made it to the semifinals. That was cool. Hopefully, I can get a crack at it next year. Yeah. We'll see yeah. what happens there, you know. That be it was a, that was a cool experience, man. That was pretty cool. That was cuz it was real TV. It was real like it was uh it's one of those things where you cuz when you do comedy, especially in the Midwest anywhere else, 
you always hear about things like that, but it does, it's never real to you mm-hmm. until you see it. And then I was on the lot, and I'm like, wow, these shows, these are a bunch of shows. That, I'm like, oh, this Well, is- that's, don't ever forget, when we met at Morty's, uh-huh. We were in show business. That's show business. That is show business. That's show business. Yeah. But I know what you mean. You, you're out in another part of the country watching things on TV. You don't really realize there's a place that you can go yeah. where you just park your car and get out that they're making it. Yeah, exactly. They're doing it. Exactly. That. I mean, that was when we were at Moyes, that's the real show business. That's like what that's what everybody does the show business out here to get to. Right, that's the front lines. You want to go on stage to perform for people who paid for a ticket. Exactly. That's That's what you want to do. That's the whole reason I came out here. Yeah. To get to that point. I'm trying to get to where you already are. Well, I'm supporting you. I endorse you. Thank you, Jake. So thank you for coming over and talking to me, man. This was such an awesome conversation. Thanks for having me, bro. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. It's It's an honor, man. I'm honored. Well, I'm honored too, man. Let's go get a snack. That sounds good. Yeah, for it? Hell yeah. All right. High five. High five. Boom. Thank you. gentlemen this episode is a little bit longer than the episodes have been lately um, because we got into it we got into it i hope you enjoyed it and uh, this would be a good time to remind you remind you remind i'm reminding you of something you already know which is don't give up there'll be plenty of time to give up later i'm sorry i cleared my throat like that i'm fighting off i'm just getting to the tail end i'm gonna win this thing ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna be back to myself and i'm gonna flush this uh whatever it is down the down the wherever it goes and i'll be back with you soon sooner than later but don't hold your breath breathe in breathe out take care of yourselves and i'll talk to you soon (laughs) 